Hello and welcome to the Leader Lounge Community Podcast, where influential leaders bridge the gap between people and performance. I'm your host, April Qureshi. On today's episode of the Leader Lounge, I'm speaking with Loretta Cella, Level Connections Global Leadership Coach and Consultant. And we're talking about how people experience trauma, how we can redefine trauma, and move through it as leaders to help others. Welcome, Loretta. Thanks so much for having me, April. I'm excited to jump into this powerful conversation and discussion that you are launching out in the world. Yeah, and so today we're talking about um, understanding how trauma affects our leadership and how we can take a conscious approach to uh, prioritizing wellness in our business and our lives. And so, Loretta, I'm curious, how, um, how, tell us how people experience trauma. Yeah, so I look at trauma probably a little bit different than most people do. I think that um, we have a very um, broad perspective of, uh, of trauma, and it's often sensationalized by media. So we, when we think about trauma, what's the first thing that comes to mind? How about I post it right to you? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about trauma? I think car crash, honestly, like that just, you said media and I thought car crash. So yeah. yeah. And I think that that is a metaphor, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So we think of like car crash, we think of death, we think of like, you know, some type of terrible incident in the world. Um, but really, to me, when I look at in my work over the years, in the last 20 years working in, in you know, I look at it as human services. So I've, I've serviced to humans, mm. you know, all ages and all walks. And trauma is much different because trauma is very personal. So I look at trauma as um, something that uh, is an abrupt separation from self. Hmm. that creates pain, suffering, and grief. And for many people, that could be lots of different things depending on, it could be dependent upon social economic status, it can be dependent on life experience, it can be dependent on genetics. There's lots of different things that we can take into consideration when we think about trauma, when we look at it from a more holistic lens. Yeah, and so you said separation, so trauma is the separation from the self. Um, I've never heard it spoken that way before. So that's really curious. And so, you know, when we think of leadership and, you know, being that person who stands up for others, if we're, if we're experiencing trauma ourselves as a leader, um, you know, how does that affect our leadership and, and what might we be able to do about it? So I think sometimes we think about leaders as a position and I Mm. look at leadership is not a position. Leadership is a way of being. And so it's a way of showing up in the world. And so we humans experience life, right? And life sometimes has, lots of times has trauma. We all go through traumas. And, um, and so when we are experiencing or in a state of trauma, like much of the world is right now, reorganizing itself, this is what I'm looking at, it's reorganizing itself. Um, there are a lot of people in leadership positions who are in a state of trauma, right? There, all of a sudden there's abrupt separation of self. What do I do? How do I show up? Who needs me? How do they need me? And there's just this hamster wheel that's going on for them. And um, so how, you know, how, how, do they, how, how do they manage that? Well, I think everybody manages it differently. And I think the very first step is about, you know, what, um, what is the experience that you're having right now and landing in that for just a moment before, for actually taking action. So connecting with the trauma itself, is that what you're saying? I want to backtrack just a little bit. So I think I talked a little bit about, you know, the 
the need to look at trauma differently and first the need to actually look at self. So if you, we are in a state of trauma and we need to show up for other people, it's actually impossible for us to show up fully, right? Because we are in ourselves in a wheelhouse thinking about how are we going to manage, what are we experiencing, and then showing up for other people, there's, there's a, a disconnect. So the first thing I tell people whenever they're in a state of trauma or in a state of, if you don't like the word trauma, some people don't, but if you're in a state of uh, disorientation or distraction or disruption, is stop. Don't take action. Mm. Because what happens is, is that we're ending up in fight, flight, or freeze mode. And so if we're in fight, fight, or freeze, we're not actually using our full brain. If we're not using our full brain, we actually are not. We're going to end up with more consequences and ramifications afterwards. And so the very first thing I ask people to do, if I'm coaching them, if they're in that state, which is normally when I get the calls, normally I get the calls when people are like panicking because things are going on for them, um, is, is to stop for a moment. What are you experiencing right now? Okay, so whatever the emotion is, whatever the trauma, whatever the experience, whatever the financial, whatever it is that's showing up, stop for a moment, be present to it. And then what do they need? And then once they know what they need, then they can take action to create some fullness within themselves. So really like self-care for those that self-care and then take action. That is not a natural thing for most natural leaders to do. The first thing is, how do I help? And they jump out versus being present to themselves. So what I've seen is really interesting in this, um, in this pandemic, in this state of our world right now, there are three ways that people have been showing up. The very first thing is the, is the fight, fight, or freeze, where is like, okay, what do I need and what do I, how do I get it now? Like, they're just like, like taking in whatever they can. There's like a hoarding type of, right? We all we saw that all over the place, right? Toilet paper, water, you know, all those, like the, everybody, gasoline, everybody's just like grabbing it all. The second way people show up in a state of trauma that I've been seeing or that I've seen and that I've read a lot about lately is the need to go out and help other people. So the first thing they do is like, how do I help you? What do I need to do? And they're just like, and there's no sense of self. So they're jumping to the rescue of everybody else. And then they hit, and that's when I got the call for my breathwork sessions for a coaching session. And then they dove. And then they started to feel the fatigue and the overwhelm, the depression, the everything else that started to set in. And then the other group of people that I've been seeing, and I'm generalizing, some people have been dancing throughout these. Um, the other group of people are the ones that have just stopped. Hold on a second. I'm not well. I'm not in my wellness. I don't feel centered. I don't feel mentally clear. I don't feel in a state that I can just be present. And so what do I need to fill my cup, as I was just saying? And then what can I manageably take on? And who do I need to help to support me? So that's when I get the calls and people are saying, Loretta, I'm not feeling full. I need to feel full because I have people that I need to support, whether it's my family, right? Whether it is um, my, my uh, employees, whether it's my neighbors, whatever it is, just stopping for a moment, being present, filling their cup, and then intentionally deciding about how they versus reactionary. Mm-hmm. I like what you said about intentionally there. So what you're saying, what I heard you say is that like when we're experiencing, experiencing trauma, we're separate from ourselves. So what you're saying is to get back into reconnect with ourselves, just stop, reconnect and intentionally rather than just taking random action, you know, intentionally setting up, what do I need to do next? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause when we're in our full mind, 
we can see full solution, full possibilities. We can problem solve. We can critically think because our mind is working. But when we're in fight, fight, or freeze and we're in that state of being, we don't have access to those internal resources. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we're actually working on wounds. So when I say wounds, what it means is like any traumas that we have had in their in our lives will start to show up. I worked with a, with somebody who was a, a lead of, uh, of a company and they said, you know, it was really interesting for them. They had all these employees that they had to uh, support. And what they were noticing is that their trauma from when they were a child, when there was no food in the house, was showing up for them. And so they were more worried about how to put food in the cupboard, even though they had lots of it, right? Then, and so you can't, when you're in that state, there's no possible way that you can actually be a full service to those who you are serving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious how your personal journey has, um, you know, has, has your experiences how does that affect uh, how you lead and how you show up, um, you know, with this, this, this work of transformation, this work of trauma? So how, is, how have your personal experiences um, led you to this place? Oh, there's a whole array of them. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, oh gosh, it's a it's a long story, and let's see this, if I can get the the cold notes for you. Um, I started off as a child and youth care counselor, so I started working with with individuals who were in high trauma, and um, that originated my career choice, starting down the helping field, and this was 20 years ago. Um, is because I grew up with a great separation of self. So I grew up in, in, a, in a world where my culture, which I'm Italian background, was all about a we. How do we as community? There was no real sense of I. How do I show up? That didn't exist. So it's like what we need to do for us. But I grew up in a world in North America, in one of the suburbs outside of Vancouver, that where most of everybody around me was I. How do I show up? What do I need? How do I? And so right from a very young age, I felt the separation of the we. And, and it's a pull. And in life, we need both of those. You know, I learned through education, through therapy, through all kinds of things that we actually do need both. But when they are distinct entities, we create a lot of disruption and we see that in our world, right? So when I work in, you know, what led me from there led me to creating a charity, which I created um, in 2007 and uh, called, at that time, it's called Passion Foundation. The idea is that if passion was the foundation of everything that we did, incredible things would happen. Mm. And that's now morphed into the Passion to Lead Society. But when I created that, the reason why I created that is because what I noticed around me is there was so much need for young people to understand the difference and the interconnectedness of the I and the we. And so I created a leadership program called the Elements of Success. And... Um, that program is a 14-hour program that kids take still to this day have, are, are taking. We've expanded to 15 countries around the world in partnerships with other organizations um, over the years. And um, it was really that leadership program is about bringing the I and the we together to create effective leadership and the possibilities that can be created when we understand the power of I from a values-based place and we join together with other values like individuals in order to create something powerful in our community and in that process they do healing and unwinding and all kinds of powerful things 
yeah, that's, that's where the journey started and it's just evolved from there. Yeah, that's an amazing, um, that's amazing that you created these two foundations. Uh, so helping young leaders uh, through connecting through values-based and, and bringing together the I and the we. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been doing this since 2007, I'm curious if you've followed along with anybody and, you know, um, so if they were a young person at the time, um, you know, have you followed along with anybody? Have you had that opportunity to stay connected and find out how they're doing um, in their in their continued leadership now? Yeah, we've. I mean, we've seen some really amazing stuff over the years. Um, you know, it's hard when we work in developing nations to stay in contact, obviously, because of technology, because of a number of different things. But you know, in India and Bangalore, um, in the Vivekanagar area, we. Um, we saw girls graduate high school being the first of their family. And in India, that's a big deal. Um, we seen them take other jobs outside of domestic work, which is a really big deal. Um, we've seen them take the information and give it to others, which is a really big deal. So this mm -hmm. is the other thing that's really powerful. When we educate, you know, when we educate um, those in developing nations and help them to work through their traumas and their experiences and help them to raise the I because there is no we, or sorry, there is no I, there's only we, right? And we help them to see the possibilities. The first thing that they want to do is share it. So the, sped, the spread and the span is just remarkable. Mm -hmm. And so when you're helping to raise the I in a we community, um, and work through the traumas and be values-based and create projects, amazing things happen. And in North American cultures or I cultures, and I'm just generalizing again, right? Um, when you inject the we and we show a different type of we and different possibilities and you work through that together and create community and connection, amazing things start to happen. And it's all about that. Really, it starts about how we integrate from the foundational place. Yeah, and I, I like the way... Um you shared with, with me and a, a small group a few weeks ago at the, at the very beginning of the pandemic before there was the lockdown, you, you shared a trauma triangle um, and, and, it, and it summarizes really distinctly for me when, when you shared it with us, it was like, oh, okay. So, and it, it's just a nice summary of how, how uh, the, the transformation of trauma helps us you know, like you said, with these young women in, uh, in India, become leaders themselves and start sharing all this, um, creating that ripple effect uh, in, in, across the world. And so can you just share with us briefly that, that trauma triangle so we can get a sense of the stages that someone goes through from being a victim to being, you know, one of those people that can actually lead and begin to share, um, to share these gifts with, with the world? Thank you. Yeah. So... Uh, as I mentioned, when I, I, I have come to des describe or to um, look at trauma as an abrupt separation from self um, that creates grief, pain, and suffering of some, of some sort, sadness of some sort. And that could be lots of different things. When we experience that trauma, we become a victim, right? And so if you look at the triangle, the triangle's in three layers. And so when our basic need, food, shelter, water, safety, belonging, whatever it is, think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? When that basic level gets pulled from us in one form, shape, or another, we become a victim. We go, every single human being goes through this in different degrees in their entire life. When we experience that, that victimization, um, we then 
um, and we replace the basic need, we then move into a state of survival. So you often hear people say, I am surviving. I'm surviving this, I'm surviving that, whatever it is. Um, they move into survival mode. So all that's difference between victimization and survival is the replacement of that basic need, food, shelter, water, safety, belonging, connection, love, whatever it is. However, there's still the trauma that exists within that. Hmm. So what happens is, is that people cycle. So I might one day feel a be in a state of, let's say I, I'm gonna, I lose my job. I lose my job and this is what a lot of people are experiencing right now, so let's make this relevant. I lose my job, I become a victim. My sense of safety and security is taken from me. Let's say that I um, find basic income, okay? So let's, well, let's look at the, the CBA, right? So we get our basic income, okay? That puts us in survival mode. It does not put us into a state of thriving, which is the next layer. All it does is it moves us into a survival mode, right? And we still have the stories of what happened that took that job away from us attached to the CBA, the CEBA, <laughs> right? So, the, so the, the financial support that we're receiving here in Canada right now. So, uh, or some of us are. Uh, I know I'm not, but some of us, some people are. And so what happens is that we move into a state of, of that place the, the trauma still there. When that money goes away and the job for whatever reason may end or whatever else might happen, we're gonna cycle back into a state of victimization. And this is, I believe, going to be true for a lot of people hmm. because the story and the issues of our world are not going to change overnight. And so we're gonna see a lot of people that are gonna be cycling between this. However, there are going to be a, a portion of people who will choose something different. So they will be cycling over and over and over again. And maybe this will be something, this experience in our world will go, hold on, full stop. I want something different in my life. I wasn't even happy in my job before. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. I didn't feel whole. I, you know, what I realized in being still, that 50 hours a week that I was pulling as a leader in my job, I can't do that anymore. This time with my family, so important to me. My time planting my garden, my time walking in nature, my time, you know, whatever it is. People's reorganization of values will then start to go, oh, hold on a second. What do I want? And this is where, how we move into a thriving state. So the last model for the triangle is the thriving state. And how we move in through a thriving state is changing the story. Mm -hmm. Right? So we go from victim to thriver, victim to thriver, victim to thriver until the story changes. When the story changes, we can then start to thrive and we start to reorganize our way of being. We look at our core values. We look at our direction in life. This is where I get people saying, Loretta, okay, I'm done. Like there'll be, you know, a number of like seven, eight different contacts with me. And then all of a sudden a year later, I'll get, okay, Loretta, I'm done. Like I am ready. Can we do some work please? You know? Um, I have people in my breathwork classes. I just started teaching the breathwork classes online as my way of thriving in the world. Like, what can I do with this? So I took my breathwork classes online and um, I had somebody contact me last week and said, you know, and she had you know, been dancing around coaching with me and she's an incredible leader in the community. And then she just and she took one of my breathwork classes and she goes, I'm taking this every week. Like I'm coming back every week because I am so ready not to be in the state that I was in anymore. Right. 
And that is where possibilities, that doesn't mean it gets super easy, but it does get more aligned and more powerful when we go there. And then how we show up in the world is, I mean, it just lights everything on fire. And it's really amazing in a positive way, in a positive way. So, you know, you said that trauma is a gift in disguise. And so what you're speaking of really, really says that, right? So we can take this, we could call it an opportunity, uh, you know, being in this pandemic, being in lockdown and, and having our, our life basically uh, thrown up in the air and, and who knows where the pieces may, may fall. And so you're seeing trauma as a gift in disguise. And uh, there's a beauty in that. There's like a freedom in that. And so I'm curious if there was something that you want our, leader, our leaders and our listeners to walk away with today, what would be that one thing? You have choice. It may not feel like it, right? So there's a lot of people that are in the world right now that are feeling like their choice has been taken away from them. And I listen to this given the work that I do in the world and I tell you it's not. It's not. There is a really powerful choice that we have right now as individuals to connect to our own wellness in a different way. So if you're watching this and you are in a state where going, what's next? I don't know, like, this is just terrible and the world is falling apart and whatever it is that you may be thinking, and that's influenced by media. There's so many different influences that are influencing you right now, whether you realize it or not, um, is that you have a choice. Sit down with yourself. You have the time. Sit down with yourself. Make a cup of tea drink a glass of water, have a coffee, try to avoid the cocktail, right? And sit down and just go, what is it that I want to create for myself, for my employees, for my company, for my customers, for um, my future customers? What is it that I want to create? And how do I do that? Does that mean changing the story? Like you talked about story, right? So, you know, we know that everything that we've done is our story, is our past, got us to this place here. So basically you're saying that we can change our story and make different choices in life. Change the tape. I once worked with an artist about seven years ago um, out of Whistler, BC, and she had a po poster series in this art installation and it was, she had an, uh, an eating disorder. And so she wrote the internal dialogue that mm. had and created art with it and it was uh, it was amazing and i said can i turn this into a poster series for her school and one mm. of the words and i probably there were some profanities in there but one of them was just like i'm just not enough i can't figure this out why am i always here I, and then the bottom was the affirmation i need to change the tape mm. and i love that so i turned it into a series that i handed out to schools everywhere because that's all that it takes and it's, it's the hardest thing to do. I know that. I fully recognize it is the hardest thing to do. And so this is why people like us come around to help to support people to navigate changing that tape, to do it in a step-by-step -step easy process so that you can have a different story, so that you can create a different outcome, so that those things that you're yearning and desiring to be and to lead with in the world can start to show up. That's a beautiful message. Mm. Yeah. And Loretta, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights on how uh, trauma and transformation affects our leadership. 
Thank you so much, Eva. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Leader Lounge Community Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to hit follow and share with your friends and community. Until next time, I'm April Qureshi. Bye for now.